Wait, what? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. My name is Ron Ecstasy, and this is Blue Men Group. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Devin Welsh and Abby Fiscus. Thank Hello. you for having me. Hello. Hi. Hi there. Hi. Everybody's doing well. It looks, uh, everybody looks great. Everybody looks uh, very tanned. We, we did a group tanning <laughs> session. We went to a tanning booth together. We all sat in one tanning booth, and laid down actually, and then uh, we all tanned. So we look very tanned. I was actually in the middle of the sandwich, so I didn't get any tanning on either side. But your sides are quite crispy. Um, yes. Which looks looks good. So uh, just first things first, uh, I was trying a concept last week where I would uh, decided to, you know, share my audio with the, the audience and uh, thought that that would be an interesting way to listen to the show, just hearing me, kind of no context listening. listening. Um, the idea was we we're going to release uh, Abby's audio and Devin's audio separately on different platforms, and you kind of have to make your own podcast at home with the audio. There's a couple of issues, though, with my legal team allowing the rights to do the singular audio and everything. So Right. There were because it wasn't put in the... Yeah, we didn't put that in the contract initially, and it's, yeah. yeah, we don't want to get the lawyers involved. Right, um, and we, we also forgot that uh, Abby's Abby's legal team is much stronger than ours uh, mm -hmm. because of the backing of uh, PricewaterhouseCooper, but um, that's maybe a concept that we could try some other time. It is what it is. Yeah, but anyway, we should uh, get into it to my favorite segment, this is my favorite segment too. Yeah, me, me three. This week in history. Nineteen o three, in Boston, the first modern World Series in Major League Baseball ends in victory for the home team. The Boston Americans shut out the Pittsburgh Pirates three to zero, clinching the series wow. five games to three. Baseball, old-timey baseball, October. It's the time for baseball, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a beautiful um, time for baseball. But, yeah, this 1903, the first World Series, um, uh, it's hard to believe that baseball used to be a new thing, something that people didn't really know what it was all about at the time. Yeah. It seemed a, potentially like an exciting thing to do. Maybe your friend's like, hey, do you want to go to the baseball game? And you're like, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I've heard of it. Uh, is that a new comic book or something? Or a milk cap? I don't know what people did. Yeah. And, and then you would go to the game, and you, you may not even know like wh why why the people are running or why there's a ball. Yeah, be what's, or what's going on? They'd be like, why are they, why are they just standing there for most yeah. of the game? Why do you stop running? He, yeah. he's, he's standing on a pillow. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like there was a time, maybe around this time, when there were so many new ball games being invented. 
and mm -hmm. uh, coming out, you know, every year probably a new ball game. New ball game. And yep. so your friend says, do you want to go see the baseball game? Uh, I'm thinking about basketball or I'm thinking about, mm -hmm. you know, wiffle ball or whatever it was. Yep. Some Open of them ball. survived and some of them uh, kind of faded away in history. Yeah, I I, uh, I I played baseball for a while, and uh, it is a, a fun sport to play. A lot of, some people find it boring to watch. Uh, I don't know. I, I imagine when you didn't even know a way to play it back in the day, it was probably a bit more exciting to watch because you, like, you couldn't even imagine owning a bat or a ball. Uh, yeah, so, or yeah, a glove. I, I guess this, or a glove, for that matter. Yeah, this would be exciting to have a hot dog and... And be at the 190 whatever it was yeah uh, World some, Series. someone behind you is kind of like humming a tune they're making something up on the spot like hmm take me to the ball game buy me some peanuts and crackers jacks yeah and then you're like yeah. and it catches on and it goes through the whole stadium everyone's singing it together by the time the game's over and you're yeah. there you know you're part of history it's a beautiful thing what if we could travel back in time and play the hard style remix of that I wonder how fans would react to it. Yeah, yes. like in 1903, if we could travel yeah. back in time with it. Yeah, they would probably, I think everything could They'd have melt. turned out differently. We um, play them the hard style remix and give them all warheads. That would cause, yeah, untold sort of ripple effects, like a butterfly effect style through history, yeah. perhaps resulting in none of us even being born, which yes. I am not so sure about. It might right. never catch on in Japan. World War Two might never happen. Yep, there we World go. World War One. Hey, pastime. I mean... Yeah, well, the Japanese-Russian War. Did you know that I, I was reading into this the other day that uh, high fives weren't invented till like the '80s or something like that. Hmm. So like, even you could just pull out a high five. You could give somebody a high five at this game. And they recoil. Maybe, Don't yeah, hit me. Yeah, yeah. You maybe yeah. melt a few brains. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or okay so that and then the wave as well somebody had to invent the wave you know when you're at the sporting event and one person puts their hands up and then it goes yeah. around the stadium or that wasn't invented until like the 70s at san jose state university and there's there's a uh, another guy who says that he invented the wave at the same time so there's a bit of controversy over who invented the wave but i imagine i abby would like to do bring the the hard style remix of uh, take me out to the ball game with some warheads, a candy that kind of explodes in your mouth. And I think that's great. And on, on my end, I'm going to bring a high five and a wave. And I think we should do that before we drop the hard style remix and warhead thing just to hopefully not kill anybody. I want to bring a, a big stack of today's newspapers back Ooh. to show them okay. uh, what will happen in the future. Very nice. Well, that that is cool. Uh, I baseball. Everybody, get your glove, get your balls ready, and uh, let's crack one out of the home. Let's let's make this episode a home run. Okay, this is our World Series. I just yeah. want to say I hate baseball. I think it's really boring. So, <laughs> Thank and you, with Abby. that, <laughs> and with that, let's go to another segment. What's, what's in, in, in the news? The news. What is in the news? Dev, that's a great goddamn question. There's a lot cooking here today. Uh, it looks like we're going to start out 
in one of the oceans. Oh, that's seventy percent of uh, the Earth's surface. Can you be a little more specific? Okay, uh, let's look at the Solomon Islands. Do we know where those are? I believe that's in the uh, Pacific, like uh, Oceania. You so would call it. Zoom in on your globe, but not too much. Stay yeah. in the Pacific. Right. Not to be too specific, but we have the Solomon Islands. Look that up. They are very tiny, beautiful flag. Uh, okay, they're, so they're right off Papua New Guinea. Okay. Um, but it's beautiful over there. Absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, so it looks like uh. there's a few islands. There's San Cristobal. There's Malaita. There's Santa Isabel. Whatever. You can look it up. Mm -hmm. You can look up those islands. Dev, take us to our story. Okay, I've got an interesting story here. Men lost at sea 29 days say it was, quote, a nice break from reality. Oh. Um, so yeah. an interesting, a counterintuitive story here today. Uh, mm -hmm. Men lost at sea, well, they're happy about it. The well-fed castaways of Gilligan's Island couldn't have handled it better. Despite <laughs> losing themselves at sea for nearly a month, Two men from the Solomon Islands have returned from a harrowing rescue with a remarkably positive outlook. Hmm. It was a nice break from everything, said Live Nanjikana, uh, ah. who set out with friend Junior Koloni from Mono Island on September 3rd. That's actually my birthday, so uh, very auspicious. Oh. Wow. The Guardian reported on Friday, Equipped with only a small 60-horsepower motorboat and a sack of oranges for snacking, the pair planned a route headed 200 kilometers south to the town of Noro, New Georgia Island, within the Solomon Archipelago of New Guinea. A trip they've taken in the past, so the, the, they're, not, they're not amateurs out there. But right. when rough skies challenged their navigational system, the sailors decided to wait out the storm, turning off their engine to conserve fuel until they could resume course, but... Heavy rains and wind would blow their rudderless vessel off course and down their GPS altogether, sending them to float about 400 kilometers northwest of their starting point on Mono Island. Whoa, okay. that's a long way. That so. is, that's a long way, yeah. When, when, when your, uh, uh, your navigational system is challenged by rough skies, I think they're just using the North Star. I think that right. might be their so navigational cool. systems. So they're out there, they're, uh, they have, you know, best laid plans, and then the weather comes in, suddenly they're 400 kilometers off course. Um, I think you can relate, it would be very confusing. Yeah. Uh, Nanji Kana says, we didn't know where we were, but did not expect to be in another country. Um, and he would survive 29 days with Kaloni, eating the citrus they'd brought, plus coconuts scooped from the sea, and rainwater collected on the boat. So... Sounds like uh, a so pretty healthy coconuts? diet. Yeah, I like coconuts. these guys' attitudes. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I didn't know there's just coconuts out there. That sounds delicious. It sounds like one of those cartoons you see of uh, people stranded on on a desert island with a coconut tree. Yeah, but I like the idea of uh, uh, being like, you know, we're gonna go on our boat. Uh, should we bring some oranges? Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, last minute decision. Whew, lucky. Yeah. It's like, no, uh, bring some chips. No, we only just bring the uh, oranges. They okay. must be yeah. gay. You think so? Uh, well, makes have you fun like... on a boat for 30 days and like <laughs> well, leave the boat and not see. hate each other. Let's see if let's they see. get Let's see if they get to that um, because maybe they do have a survival secret, wink, wink, 
we're not really sure. But in any case, this is a very healthy diet, I would say. Uh, much healthier than, you know, stuff that you could get at Walmart or your local grocery yeah. store. So don't feel too bad for them. Uh, they Oranges arrived in the... and cum. That's, that's right. Uh, well, <laughs> that, <laughs> that is uh, not in the article, but we can assume that uh, yeah. there was some of that going on as well. They arrived in the town of Palmio in New Britain, Papua New Guinea, on October 2nd after their stranded party was spotted by a fisherman that evening. So they do refer to it as a party. Yeah. Um, so they were partying on the island, spotted by a fisherman that evening, according to the Solomon Islands Broadcasting Corporation. Hmm. And they've since been assessed by doctors and are convalescing with Pomeo resident Joe Colial, who told SIBC this, this week that the men now, quote, live happily with us. Whoa. So they just moved in? To, they... Why, are these homeless people? What does convalescing mean? Does that uh, mean I was going to ask that fucking? too. Convalescing is like means... healing. Oh, right. Yeah, healing. Right. We all heal in different like ways. Right? Yes, sexual healing. Yes, That's a absolutely. famous Marvin Gaye song. These guys, I'm, uh, I'm inspired by them. Like since the pandemic, you know, everything changed, and I feel like they sort of took that opportunity to become new reset. again. You know, yeah. to just go where the winds took them, literally. And yep. they are now continuing on that journey, and uh, it's a wonderful journey. Yeah, it's called a digital detox, and these men took a 29 day digital de detox no posts no social media mm -hmm. uh just you know hey turn off those notifications you know no more emails for yeah. you know we're, it's we're, nice yeah we're required you know with these jobs a global economy we're, we're we're encouraged to be working all the time in a 24-hour world but these guys uh no no such thing for these guys Dude, I went upstate Sunday night. There was no phone service, no Wi-Fi. Even if I wanted to go online, I could So you know what this was... is like then. I do. Way. I was going to say, I kind of relate to these guys. It is nice. And, and so, I look forward to doing it again. Yeah, and so uh, Nanji Kana concurs, and we can close this story out with a, a quote from one of the uh, survivors. I oh, had good. no idea what was going on while I was out there. I didn't hear about COVID or anything else. Wow. I look forward to going back home, but I guess it was a nice break from everything. Yeah. I, I um, don't know where he would hear about COVID out there other than his friend mentioning it to him, which his friend clearly, maybe that was a thing. It was like, let's just not talk about COVID on our digital detox. Yeah. Can you look up a photo of these guys? Because I, I seriously, love I love my friends, but if I just spend 29 days on a boat with them, only with oranges and like ski coconuts. Yeah. Oh, so, so that's them. I have a photo up. You can look up. You're going to have to find this on your own, listener. Uh, two men, they're both wearing uh, sports jerseys, it looks like. One man has a San Antonio Spurs uh, third jersey, it looks like. And mm -hmm. uh, um, the other man, it's like a cycling jersey of unknown sponsorship. Uh, they, they, they don't look that happy. Uh, they look kind of potentially upset. It looks <laughs> yeah. like they could have fun. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but they they can definitely they can they definitely look, party. They look healthy and um, you know strong. Yes, um, yeah, they're they're uh, that's a long that's a long trip. That's all I'll say. I I'm just want to remind our listeners, if you are going to be on a boat uh, out in the ocean, take a bit more than some some uh, or a bag a sack of oranges or whatever, uh, and plan ahead. 
let some friends know. Bring your passport. I imagine these guys didn't have any passports on them. Not yeah. expecting to show up in another country, as they said. You think they had like a book or like cards? They had each other. Yeah. How did they occupy their time? Yeah. Arm wrestling. Um, wrestling. Just re- in yeah, general. Just, wrestling. just plain old wrestling. Yeah. Grappling. Uh, they just fishing. grappled for 20 minutes. How big is the boat, too? Small. Um, it has a 60 big. horsepower engine. One has it's to sit on the other's believe. lap when they're actually in the boat. So, yeah. It sounds like a cover up to me. It sounds like something happened. What do you think happened? I don't know. Abduction or something. Oh. You're, you're trying to tell me 29 days on a little boat, two dudes, only oranges. It just sounds a little fishy. A little fishy. Well, <laughs> all they wanted was a little yeah. fishy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, a, yeah. Uh, let's let's close the chapter on this island adventure and uh, move. Spin your globe to uh, where is it, Ron? Uh, we're going to Bosnia. Uh, this is a uh, Serbach Bosnia. Abby's got a story for us. Abby was just spending. She said she was up in upstate. That's a cover for she was over in Bosnia reporting for us. Uh, Abby, we got a story here. Do you want to read us the headline? Uh, why, yes. I'm happy to report chivalry is not dead. Bosnia man builds rotating house. So his wife has a diversified view. Oh, wow. That's cute. Beautiful, yeah. right? That so is beautiful. In, how do you pronounce this city name? Sherbach? I that's Sherbach. Sherbach. I don't know, though. I have no idea. I'm just imagining. So in Shrebach, seeking to please his wife, who had wished for a more diversified view from their family home, a Bosnian self-taught innovator has built a rotating house, allowing her to watch a rising sun in one moment, passers-by in the next. Mm. Wow. <sighs> it's really beautiful. That is beautiful. And this is, again, something that you can look up. This is this <gasps> news story is out there. Uh, right it's now, lime we're, green. we're seeing this lime green house. Very nice house. Very it's like nice Bosnian inverse house. strawberry. Inverse strawberry look to it. We're inside the house right now watching it spin. The door, the windows are open. Uh, not the greatest view, but it, yeah, it, it looks the cool. House, the it, house also rotates not uh, not too slowly either. It's, it's, uh, I know. I feel like I get fast. sick on that thing. And <laughs> yeah. what passerbys are they getting in a cornfield? Yeah, uh, perhaps tourists. Unsure. Um, you I would, think it's yeah, more it's, the gesture than the actual thing it, it is the speed of a merry-go-round that is true it is like quite fast uh you, yeah. you may want to take some uh medication to so you don't barf <laughs> everywhere uh before you get yeah. into the house some i wonder if it has a, a variable speed where it's like honey slow down the house yeah <laughs> we're going too fast but let me tell you Complaining can really get you far. So mm-hmm. according to Vojin Kusic, the husband who did this, I've got tired. I've gotten tired of her complaints and frequent refurbishing of her family house. And I Me said, too. I'll build you a goddamn rotating house so yeah. you can spin it as you wish. Yeah. <laughs> she told this to Reuters, standing in front of his house. Now that attracts the attention of visitors. Yeah. So I guess I do have passersby. Hmm. It's called manifesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you build it, they will come. Yep. Yeah. It's situated on a fertile plain in northern Bosnia near the okay. town of Sherbac. Mm-hmm. The town spins around a seven meter axis designed by Kusic with the view of cornfields and farmlands changing to forests and the river at a desired speed. Oh, okay. so it changes. Yep. It goes oh, up to yeah. 20 miles an hour. Oh, my God. That is. 
insane. Put a helmet <laughs> I made, on. His I wife, made that up, you guys. That's, why. that's, that's okay. I, <laughs> I, I don't care. They, they, but uh, they, they, I, I think that the, the wife should put a helmet on or a mouth guard. <laughs> it goes fall. pretty fast. Yeah. It goes pretty fast. I'd yeah. say like 15. Well, he but, said... But, um, he says here the house can make a full circle for 24 hours when it's at the slowest speed while at the mm. fastest spinning it can make a full circle in 22 seconds <laughs> it might actually be 20 miles and so yeah. what's that is i can't do that math um we gotta you, figure out how you, big you do the math to your listener uh, at home um we'll leave that challenge to you because it's fun you know to calculate these yeah, sorts it, of things so i hate yeah. math so 22 seconds a full rotation uh um and it's a seven meter axis um okay. <laughs> and, and get this after all her complaints and refurbishing the wife had no comment the wife yeah of course okay. no Typical. she has no comment because she's about to throw up She's yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, she's getting she's turned white. She's against the wall and she can't unstick herself from it. Yeah, it, it, it's like one of those uh, uh, G-force uh, things yeah. that the Air Force has, where they put you in a thing and then spin you around in a centrifuge at. It's really miles torturing away. her for complaining so much. Oh, you want to see more here? Yeah, yeah I think he did it out of I he did it out of spite. I think this is, is like this story is a gr wonderful case of be careful what you wish for. Um, sort of, a, a sort of spiteful um, yep. uh, sort of manifesting of that irony because she was complaining, oh, it's a, there's a terrible view. We should have put windows over here. And then He's he like, says, okay, up. I'll put the whole house on yep. a rotating axis. This you, is what you wanted. Yeah. He used to be a DJ probably back in the day, he, but he would play like records at different speeds and stuff like that. He's like an experimental uh, yeah. guy. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like a turntable situation we got going on here. I can do that. He's going to get a second house so we can <laughs> yeah, you know, mix exactly. them together. <laughs> so he says that he, uh, right here, it says Kusic was inspired by Serbian-American inventors like Nikola Tesla and Mihailo Pupin. Don't know what he invented, <laughs> but he, uh, rest in peace, may he. Uh and that coming from a poor family without the possibility of a good education had forced him to look for ways to make things by himself. This is not an innovation, he says. It only requires will and knowledge. And I had enough time and knowledge, he said, adding that he had built the house completely by himself. So he says it only requires will and knowledge. And then he says, I had enough time and knowledge, thus adding a third thing that it requires. Third, yeah, it's true. Didn't even talk about supplies. Nothing yeah, no. it requires the, like, hammers, wood. Yeah, he just had it all ready. Electricity. To go. This guy wanna... sounds like a real prick. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. if you want to credit time, you kind of need to credit space as well. Like he had enough space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a little weird. Yeah. So uh, took six years to finish, except time off for a hospital stay due to a heart condition. It's the, mm. the stress of living with his wife, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, and the house is more resistant to earthquake damage than stationary houses, he said. Now, that's something I'm unsure if earthquakes are happening in Sirbach, if this is a thing. We, we, we should look into that for ne our uh, next trip there. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, he said, I asked doctors to try to prolong my life for at least a year because I have this project in my head and 
nobody will know how to complete it. <laughs> I thought he said it was easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all about you, man. Is he a genius? His knowledge is like the holy grail of spinning houses. Yeah, I thought yeah, it only yeah. required will and knowledge. Uh, I guess the knowledge part is something that he feels others don't share. Mm-hmm. Except maybe Tesla and Pupin, yeah. his favorite Serbian-American inventors. Who are both well, that's... probably spinning in their graves. <laughs> that's so true. Well, uh, thank you, Abby, for that report and being uh, over in Serbia or Bosnia for a while. Um, glad you're back as well. Uh, no and problem. I'm sorry that you. I'm sorry that you had to deal with uh, Vojin Kusic, who is uh, uh, just a devil of a man, and uh, his 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 wife is no hell either. Yeah, it was kind of nice. It was a nice, you know, change from Williamsburg, New York. Mm. The demeanor mm -hmm. of men over there is just like a little more yeah. masculine. Mm -hmm. it, was, oh, it was refreshing. Right. It was nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're allowed mm -hmm. to be that way over there, eh? They're, mm -hmm. they're, can't do that in the big city, I guess. Mm -hmm. None of those chemicals <laughs> in the water over there. Yeah. It's a nice Any, change. Anyway, uh, speaking of water, speaking of things that you drink, uh, yeah. Ron, you have a very interesting story, an update on the Blue Men Group on running Beer Business Beat. Yes, Take that's it right, away. Devin. I'm over here at the Beer Business Beat desk, and uh, we've been keeping a close eye on beer consumption around the world for the past year or so. And, uh, you know, it was a huge lead up to the Tokyo Olympics. We we're really concerned about beer consumption there. But now I'm looking, focusing my eyes on Africa and... Uh, at Rwanda's favorite bars, forget the beer. Milk is what's on tap. What? So, yeah, milk, the stuff from cows. Forget Utterly the beer. Gross. So milk is a favorite drink in Rwanda, and milk bars serve it up in abundance. Uh, fresh or fermented, hot or cold. Uh, when you drink milk, you always have your head straight and your ideas right, says somebody in Rwanda. So wow. we're actually in K Kigali, Rwanda, and let me let me set a set the uh, scene mm -hmm. here for you. Uh, Please mm -hmm. paint a picture for us. Okay. Yeah. So, as the sun scorched the hilly Rwandan capital on a recent afternoon, a motorcycle taxi driver, two women in matching headscarves, and a teenager wearing headphones, all separately sauntered into a small roadside kiosk to drink the only thing on tap: milk. Wow, this is a wonderful love, lead, Ron. Um, yeah, thank you. That was very, beautiful. Very well done. It, it reads almost like New York Times, but I know that you wrote it yourself. No, I, I, uh, I, I wrote, yeah, thank you. Um, I love milk, said Jean Bosco N. <laughs> the motorcycle taxi. This is the longest last name I've ever seen. <laughs> Can you do voice to text? John Bosco has a voice? very long last name that um, is very yeah. difficult to pronounce. Nishiyemi Yamakiza. Yeah. Nishiyemi Yamakiza. Yeah, that's right. Nishiyemi Yamakiza. Nishiyemi Yamakiza. He's the motorcycle taxi driver I was talking about earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. So he says, I love milk. Uh, as he sipped from a large glass of fresh milk that left a residual white line on his upper lip. <laughs> 
perhaps some of that cum that uh, Abby was talking about earlier. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa. This is, this is so, a wholesome story. This is milk just sorry. gives you the milk mustache. That's just what milk does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've wholesome, seen it on TV. Whole, we understand this. Yeah. Wholesome whole milk. That's So uh, milk makes you calm, he said, smiling. It reduces stress. It heals you. It comes from big titties. Now, wait a second, okay, Abby. Did you just mind. put that in there? I think you're there? right. I think Abby I, just threw that in oh, there. Oh, okay. I think that was a, an editor's Ooh, me? note. Yeah. Um, a little bit of editorial there. So, uh, Mr. Bosco and the others were all seated at a milk bar, one of the hundreds found everywhere in the capital, Kigali, and scattered all across the small nation of 12 million people in Central Africa. In Rwanda, milk is a beloved drink. We've, they've said this like 10 times. And the milk <laughs> bars are a favorite place to indulge, combining the pleasures of the beverage with a communal atmosphere. There, you know what? There's nothing I like more than pouring a big glass of milk and hanging out with my friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad's I, worst nightmare, lactose you, intolerant. Oh, really? I'd love oh, to yeah. go to so a milk bar and just hang out, um, have a few pints of milk. But um, uh, yeah, we, can I get we, some of that hot milk, please? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can have it in all kinds of flavors. But we we've we've touched on on Rwanda before as a place uh, notorious in the beer industry, um, uh, difficult to penetrate the market. It's um, yes. it's a place that the beer industry has had to overcome a lot of hurdles, and uh, yeah. we actually have done some work consulting on that. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a thorny problem. It is. Um, it's something we're trying to. Uh, work on that's for sure we're just trying to introduce a few sips of beer everybody wants milk that's fine uh they don't yeah it's it's difficult so uh you know men and women young and old sit on benches and plastic chairs throughout the day glass mugs before them gulping liters upon (laughs) liters of fresh milk or fermented yogurt like milk locally known as iki vuguto Okay, so some patrons drink it hot, others like it cold. Some respecting an old custom of finishing your cup at once, chug it down quickly, while others sip it slowly while eating snacks like cakes, chapatis, and bananas. So, but the bathroom smells great. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So these people are drinking liters upon liters of fresh or it. fermented milk. Chugging, chugging fermented it down. milk. And then imagine like the the burps and farts after you chug a liter of milk, and the smell of all the milk in the place, (laughs) like unfermented milk. Pretty hot down there too. Yeah, yeah. milk. Hence the fermented milk. Okay, so uh, so however they take their glass, everyone comes to socialize and unwind. But first and foremost, they drink milk, lots of it. (laughs) Wow. So Uh, they they do drink a lot of milk. That we're sure of. And they love it. So uh, we have another quote here from uh, Mr. Bosco, the taxi motorcycle taxi guy. He said, I come here when I want to relax, but I also when I want to think about my future. Milk. Uh, Who added that he drinks at least three liters of milk a day. When you drink milk, you always have your head straight and your ideas right. We mentioned that earlier. So while milk bars have popped up everywhere uh, over the last decade, the drink they sell has long been intrinsic to the country's culture and history, as well as its modern identity and economy. It's a milk-based economy, I think. Yeah. This is giving me, like, kava bar vibes. Mm. Like, when you walk into a kava bar and they're, like, they're not drinking, they're choosing not to drink, and they're, like, everybody's working on their laptops. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying like, like even more wholesome than the kava bar. Yeah, because these people aren't like ex drug addicts and stuff. Now <laughs> I gotta be. I gotta speak for the listeners here. I'm not yeah. in Williamsburg, New York. What is a kava <laughs> bar? Oh really? Yeah. You know what kava is in kratom? No. They just they're like herbs kratom, that, yeah. that like calm you down or uh, energize you. But it's like there's one down the street from my house that I go to sometimes since I don't drink. And uh, okay. the vibe is just like different than bars. Everybody literally there's like I see spreadsheets everywhere. People wow. are like typing away and yeah, they're chugging like kava and kratom. I see people will have like four kratom drinks while I'm there. Wow. Wow. Okay. So so I can yeah, imagine uh, that these 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 milk bars in Rwanda would also be sort of hotbeds of productivity and creativity. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But has it historically always been so? Uh, the article well, says during the Kingdom of Rwanda. Yeah. Uh, Ron, fill us in on the Kingdom of Rwanda's history with milk. Yeah. So over the centuries, cows were a source of wealth and status and the most valuable gift to confer on a friend or a new family. So even royalty craved easy access to milk during the kingdom of Rwanda, which lasted for hundreds of years until the last king was deposed in 1961. That's funny. We were just talking about that before we started recording. Uh, Cow's milk was kept in wooden bottles with conical woven lids right behind the king's thatched palace. Wow. The cows were considered so valuable, they ended up in children's names. Munganyinka. Valuable as a cow, or Inyambibwa, beautiful cow, as well as traditional dances where women raised their heads to emulate the giant horned ankle cows. So wow. we talked about uh, Belgian blue cows recently. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. The extremely muscular, uh, masculine cows. Now I have a feeling that the the ankle cows not muscular because they're they're uh, uh, milk cows and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a milk you don't get your steak from a milk cow. Is oh, what I'm trying to they're say. cute. So we're looking. They at look like a Studio Ghibli animal. They're they're yeah. very very horned up. They they're yeah, horns. huge horns. Massive huge. horns. Huge. Don't want to piss off that guy. No, 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 no. So, unfortunately, in 1994, Rwanda was the scene of a genocide during which an estimated 800,000 people were slaughtered within 100 days. The majority of those killed were ethnic Tutsis, historically herdsmen, and rich in cattle. And cattle-keeping families and their cows were targeted by extremists from the Hutu ethnic group, who were mostly farmers. Um, it's kind of something we have to mention there. Um, yeah. Wow. So milk in any case has been uh, a very important and at times contested uh, resource in Rwanda. Yeah. And uh, to, to bounce back, the uh, government used uh, cows to grow the economy and fight malnutrition. So uh, they're distributing cows. Everybody is, uh, you know, the milk production has increased in the landlocked nation. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so people and are extremely familiar with these milk bars, which uh, allows these farmers to sell their surplus of milk and let customers drink copious amounts of it to be reminded of home. So, yeah, we're seeing uh, the, these, the boom of these milk bars in Rwanda is a very good sign. Uh, it seems like the more milk they drink there, the better things go overall. And um, so we're glad to see it that liters upon liters a day are being consumed by each uh, patron. 
Yeah, so I spoke with a, uh, a man named, uh, named Mr. Mumvunye. He's 29. He works in Rwanda's budding technology sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was drinking some milk, and he, he said that he wants to teach his children early the value of milk and cows, uh, which is cool. So, yeah, um, it's a place to kind of, uh, you know, raise your kids right, you know, bring them to the milk bar when they're kids, and, mm-hmm. you know, they'll understand how important uh, milk really is. Yeah, so one one thing that that is a bit upsetting is the the price of milk is is rising. Uh, liter milk at the shops in Kigali has increased from five hundred Rwandan francs, which is fifty cents, to seven hundred francs, which is seventy cents. So that's um, the inflation that we've been talking about. We're monitoring uh, these important metrics, and Rwandan milk prices mm-hmm. is another important number to keep your eye on. Yep. So uh, just just closing you know uh finishing this big giant uh my second liter of milk here um just want to let uh everyone know that rwandans love cows and they love milk said a guy who owns five cows um and he drinks three liters per day the milk bar brings us together he said and we will keep coming to the milk bar to drink guess what more milk so, cheers to that. Let's cheers. raise a tall, cold glass of milk. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, just finishing so much milk here. Um, d- does anybody uh, put ice cubes in their milk? Have you ever seen that? No. Mm, no. I used to drink milk every day, though, at dinner. I know. Everyone did. Milk is out, though. Milk is is not cool for Americans anymore. Well, don't tell that to Kigali. I know I, I I will not. But uh, thank you very much, Mark. Uh, Ron Ecstasy, thank you, thank you very much uh, mm-hmm. for that report. Uh, it was very thorough. Thank you. It was difficult to work on. Um, reading somebody else's, re- I mean, my writing from the New York mm-hmm. Times. I wasn't published in the New York Times. I, some writer in the New York Times wrote that, and uh, we thank you for that. Um, That's a New York Times article. That was. That was. They really right. push home their love of milk. Yeah. They really the, do. the whole article was just about how much people love milk, I guess. They got to drink a liter of milk every time they say, I love milk. Yeah. Um, I don't encourage our listeners to do that. You will throw up, I think. Or it's like a gallon of milk. I don't know how many liters in a gallon, but if you drink a gallon of milk, you're going to throw up. <sighs> it's something chills te- thinking about it. teenagers do. Wait till they find out about chocolate milk, though, because that stuff's cool. I like chocolate milk. Um Anyway, let's uh, move along. That was uh, what's in the news. So what do we have coming up here now? What's our uh, what's our story of the week, Ron? Dev, I'm very happy you asked because this week we have the willing worker of the week. So a trend that we've been seeing is that uh, a lot of these gig gig employment opportunities don't really have any training uh, method. You're, you're, you're kind of on your own. You know, they tell you what to do. Go pick this up. Go do that. No training. It's a, it's a cost cutting uh, uh, feature of these apps, which allows these companies to, uh, you know, get put more po- money in their pockets. Absolutely. And. We're now seeing that creep into other aspects of our life, uh, like air traffic control. Mm-hmm. We've, got a, we've got a headline here from Tampa, Florida. 
Florida woman hacked flight system, cleared planes with maintenance issues to fly, police said. That's so, impressive. That is impressive. I think this is the kind of employee you would want in up in that little air traffic control booth that people sit in. Um, so a Brevard called- County. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, uh, no, go ahead. You go ahead. A Brevard County woman is facing a string of charges after she allegedly hacked into the computer system at Melbourne flight training. Authorities first knew something was wrong on January 12th, 2020. By the way, that was a a long time ago. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. When CEO of MFT, Melbourne Flight Training, Derek Fallon, uh, no relation to Jimmy, logged into the flight training computer and noticed multiple things were off. He said the make model tail numbers had been deleted for 12 airplanes. Aircrafts that had been flagged as having maintenance issues had been cleared. Okay. It's a little mischievous. An affidavit states, meaning aircraft which may have been unsafe to fly were purposely made airworthy. What? Thanks for translating that, David. Uh, Fallon also found inspection limitations had been deleted. Now, you don't do that. We know that is the last line of defense when you delete inspection limitations. Absolutely. So, uh, so what did Jimmy Fallon's non-brother Derek do? He called the owner of the software, <laughs> the owner of the software, and was <laughs> told there was no system-wide problem. They gaslit him. They lit right. his wick. They, it was... <laughs> Ready to be lit. Is it a gaslighting <laughs> if it's true? Uh, uh, unclear. I just wanted to say the word to hope. Hopefully, people would give me some credit or something. Um, Fallon instructed all flights to be grounded until the information could be restored. So he's telling, he's like, "Hey, wow. get down here, get down here, you." What down, an annoying day. Yeah, yeah. I think this lady should be in jail. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, let's let's keep reading. So between the time the data was altered and fixed, it was a situation that could have endangered human life, Fallon wrote in a sworn affidavit. Okay. I want to hear the other side before I make my decision. So to- Fallon, yeah, Fallon identified two suspects, a man who had been the director of maintenance for MFT before being fired in November of 2019 and his daughter, Lauren Lead, 26, who resigned from her job as flight operations manager the same day her father was fired. So this is some it's, family stuff leaking into the airspace. This yes. is Shakespearean, I think, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's revenge. Uh, there's family drama. It's um, where is this heading? I'm not sure, but let's find out. So, investigators found that a login belonging to the current flight operations manager was used to make the dangerous changes in the flight software. However, the current flight operations manager signed an affidavit saying <laughs> he did not modify or delete aircraft information. So, a lot of affidavits flying around. Yeah, he's writing and signing affidavits like uh, there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Just uh, drowning in them. It's a lot. So investigators determined that the IP address used to log into the software belonged to Lauren Leeds' father. <gasps> Leeds' father stated he didn't have a clue why his computer had been used to access the MFT computer. Likely story. 
Yeah. Pressed on, if he knew anyone that would want to sabotage the computer information, he said, I'm kind of concerned about my daughter at this point. Wow. So you so did he, have a clue. He, th mm. he threw her under the Airbus. He perjured. He yeah, perjured. He did. Um, Leeds' father stated that Fallon made his daughter miserable and lied to her. Gaslighting. There's the gaslighting. He yes. lit her wick. Yes. <laughs> she couldn't wait to get out of there, he said. <laughs> According to an affidavit, you guys don't understand the torment he put her through. This so guy this is, is one of the most prolific affidavit writers in history, history perhaps. Of our era, yeah. He only communicates through affidavits. <laughs> what is an affidavit? I don't even know. It's like a, a, a legal affidavit. Uh, it's a very strange uh, word spelled. Okay. Affidavit. Okay. Um, okay. Affidavit. A written affidavit. statement <laughs> confirmed by oath or affirmation. For use uh -oh. as evidence in court. So it must be true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, Otherwise, he's true. in big trouble. So it, so it sounds like this dad guy, the dad, he's no good. We, we're, we're, I think we, we think that her the Fallon? father's bad. No, Fallon, uh, Fallon's trying to figure Fallon. out the story. And then this is, Fallon made his daughter miserable. Oh, yeah, sorry, Fallon, sorry. Fallon is the bad guy here. Oh. Fallon is I'm gaslighting. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so Leeds' father stated Fallon made <gasps> his daughter miserable and lied to her. She couldn't wait to get out of there. He said uh, the torment. Uh, so Leeds' father finally confessed to sabotaging what? the computers, but police say he was unable to say what he did or how he did it. Ah, okay. That's such a fatherly thing to do. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So detectives determine Lauren Lead is one of the only a few people in the area who had knowledge, skills, or ability. Those are the things that uh, our friend <laughs> in Bosnia also Yeah, has. the spinning house. This, these are the secrets to life, people. Listen up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's the only she one. She had time, too, because she, she quit yeah. her job. Yep. And space space the whole airspace uh <laughs> so um she was the only one who had the skills and ability and knowledge to alter the flight records so she has been charged with accessing a computer electronic device without authority uh and modifying computer data programs without authority so just give you know, me i gotta authority. say lauren i hope it was worth it yeah i yeah. hope this bitter revenge was worth it is it, I think it, is, it is was. It ever, I mean, is it ever worth it? Was anyone it, hurt? I don't think it is. Was anyone hurt? That's all I have to, to say she, about it. You know what's hurt? The reputation of flying. Because now there's the fear that yep. unsafe planes are going into the air thanks to this woman's grudge. Lauren Lead. Yeah. Well, these uh, pilots, we be... pilots these days, I think, uh, you know, they, they like to complain a lot. And I think, uh, you know, the older pilots back in the day, they were willing to take risks. And I think... Yeah. You know, Lauren Lead understands that. She understands, you know, the the romanticism of flight. Yeah, I, I've I kind of tuned out of uh, the idea of flight once uh, pilots stop wearing those leather uh, Snoopy helmet things with uh, um, goggles on. I, I I never see any of my pilots whenever I'm on a plane wearing goggles, and that I just like where's the professionalism in that? They have windows now. Oh, 
Yeah. That's a good point. A good I guess, point. yeah. Uh, all right, so that was uh, uh, the willing worker of the week, just trying to do some work off hours. She's not a willing worker. She quit her job. Uh, well, again, listen. that was the willing worker of the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody willing to do... She, yeah, she did quit her job. Uh, we will be uh, potentially having a uh, fourth co-host <laughs> next week, Lauren Lee, who will be calling in it's gonna be an expensive episode uh we're going to have to pay for that prison phone thing that uh the guy who owns the detroit pistons owns uh you should look that <laughs> up um yeah so that was the willing worker of the week All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for for uh, joining us on that little excursion up in the air in the uh, air, air traffic control booth. Actually, it's only like like sixty feet up in the air, to be honest. So uh, it's easier to see the planes from up there," said Lauren. Uh, but before we go, we have to check into last week's numbers. Wow, I'm so excited to see what the numbers are. Uh, after that uh, experiment that Ron tried, I'm a little nervous that the numbers are going to be down. Uh, listeners may have been turned off by uh, something unexpected, and I'm hoping that's not the case, but we'll see. Yeah, it was... Uh, okay, we're going. We're tanking. Right now. <laughs> we're absolutely tanking. Uh, I think we had the lowest number of, uh, of all-time listens on last week's episode that I thought was yeah. extremely funny. Uh, Devin worked very hard on it, and uh, nobody listened. Uh, 66 first-week listens. Uh, that's seen some numbers that we used to pull around episode... 12 or something like that but uh yeah so yeah we're not we're not doing uh doing too well uh, this this past week um got people I keep uh, saying that you guys should post about it uh that's uh, true that's true hi abby yeah um, <laughs> we we still haven't gotten it together to all post about it uh you dear listeners should post about it though on yeah. your social media channels and uh, we will follow where you lead and we uh, at the Blooming Group will attempt to post the episodes ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. If you share this episode, Ron Ecstasy will send you a selfie. Yes, I will send you a selfie uh, to your DMs, a photo of me. I will uh, whatever whatever you want. I will I will do. <laughs> just please <laughs> just please download the podcast or something. No, just uh, download the podcast. Just download the podcast. We we all time downloads are at six thousand four hundred twenty nine. I would like to get that up. I want to see sixty seven, sixty seven hundred. That that is kind of what I'm thinking. That's a lot, but uh, it's a it's a reach goal. We call those reach mm-hmm. goals in the biz. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Listen, we can't do it without you, the listener. <laughs> just always giving us, lending us your ears. We 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 love we love coming together. To do this and uh, God, just love you guys. And uh, and with that said, we love you so much. And uh, please, please tell somebody about it. Um, we'll send you any photos that you want of me. Um, um, of of yeah. ecstasy. And uh, yeah, it's just it's getting to a point where we really need some we need some help here. Um, all right, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Devin, Abby, 
you guys have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.